0: An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Punisher! Control! Hey, before I change my mind! I give you... Super Train! Oh, <laughs> Episode
1: 391 Mission number 217, The Flash. The Flash aired on CBS from September 20th, 1990 to May 18th, 1991 for 22 episodes. To be clear, that is 16 more than Uncle Croc's block and or the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Who
0: taught you math? You 16 did. more? You said 22 episodes. Oh,
1: sh- oh sorry, sorry.
0: Okay, so, so you meant six. Yes. <laughs> and you have a degree from an institution that passes out diplomas. <laughs> you actually walked across the stage getting an undergraduate degree from an institution of higher learning, thinking that 22 minus 16 is 16.
1: I was up all night last night. Give me a break. I have to work third shift.
0: Anyway. Do we just want to do theme music or does Greg have anything to add? No. Just go to the theme music.
1: talk about that theme music before we get into the story here oh man danny elfman right in
2: the theme a year after he wrote the iconic batman theme
1: song you can tell that this show was taking a lot and i mean a lot of cues from batman
2: 89 oh they advertise it 1989 was batman and now 1990, it's the Flash, baby.
0: Wait, did you say Batman 89 or Fatman 89? Oh,
2: no. Oh, no. Well, Jason, yeah. the Fat Man was going on this side, so it would be Fat Man 89.
0: Yeah, you've known me for a long time. I had an issue with cheese for about 23 years. Wouldn't it be great if we had a whole series of movies based on Fat Man? On the
2: Fat Man, yeah.
0: Yeah, Fat Man Forever, and, you know, Fat Man and Robin, Fat Man and Superman. Yeah.
2: Fat Man and Superman, Dawn of Justice. Spoiler alert, the Fat Man's mother is named Martha, too. <laughs> That's the one thing from Batman v. Super where everyone gives crap about, how both their moms are named Martha. But really, when you think about it, yeah, their names are both Martha. Not wrong. Yeah, and nobody ever thought of that till then.
1: So if you were following the upcoming Flash movie, as well as the CW series, The Flash, by the way, that's a never cover because it is just wrapping up its eight season run. Eight. Eight seasons. Yeah, we'll talk about in the year end. But anyway, you know the story. Barry Allen is a crime scene investigator working late night at a crime lab in Central City when all of a sudden a cataclysm of chemicals and a bolt of lightning come together to allow him to tap into what is called the speed force. Basically, it allows Barry to run. Very, very, very fast. He uses his newfound power to clean up the criminal elements of Central City with the help of his friends at Star Labs, chief among which are Dr. Tina McGee and Julio Mendez. Developed by the super team of Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, who would also go on to develop Viper, which is another Never Cover on this show. I just learned that they also wrote The Rocketeer. Y'all remember The Rocketeer, right? Oh, I remember The Rocketeer. Yeah, it
0: was supposed to be like the big movie in 91, I believe. Disney's big movie, I should say. We need to emphasize the Disney part.
1: It needed to be Disney's big movie. So Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, definitely experts in the field of high superhero drama. So they developed this show alongside CBS and DC's parent company at the time, Warner Brothers Television and featured John Wesley Shipp in the title role of Barry Allen. I should say a younger John Wesley Shipp, because we would all know him as Dawson Leary's father on Dawson's Creek, and also Barry Allen's father in the Arrowverse Flash, and also Bastion's father, Barney, in The NeverEnding Story 2.
2: You don't look like Gerald McRaney to
1: me. You know who played Bastion in The NeverEnding Story 2? Oh, uh, we'll talk about him later. Yes, we will. Playing his coworker at Star Labs and potential love interest, Christina Tina McGee, Amanda Pays, best known as Theora Jones in the Max Headroom TV series. But like John Wesley Shipp, she too would reprise her role as Dr. McGee in the Arrowverse, more specifically, the Elseworlds and Crisis on Infinite Earth's events. I'll tell you right now. Anytime the Eraverse had an event, you needed to be watching all of those episodes all at once. And then, as a character created for this series, Julio Mendez, a police department scientist who is Barry's best friend, Alex Deser, known for being in the Heights with Jamie Walters, Becker with Ted Danson, and... Boy Meets World as Mr. Williams. But Greg, he is also the voice of Nick Fury in the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Cool. Meanwhile, you have, similar to Batman 25 years earlier, a rogues gallery of villains of the week instead of this overarching... Character story arc And some of these characters Wow We'll get to it as we talk about the episodes We cannot talk about The failure of the Flash Without talking about the schedule And usually we save that for the end But this is so important That we have to bring it up right now Because when The Flash premiered on Thursday, September 20th, it was a two-hour movie going up against two of the big Thursday night draws of the time. The Simpsons on Fox and... Mr. Black. ...on NBC. And to its credit, the pilot movie did rather well. It came in second in the time slot but then CBS thought there was no way that they could beat either Bart Simpson or Mr. Black so they made the sort of unorthodox move of putting an hour long TV show at 8.30 to its credit it did manage to hold an audience after that But then it kind of sort of got lost after baseball's postseason.
2: Oh yeah, because this was the first year CBS had MLB.
1: We'll get to all of that in a moment, but right now let's go over some episodes, shall we? We started off with the pilot movie, in which a laboratory accident endows a police scientist with the ability to move at superhuman speed, which he uses to battle a menacing gang as a superhero. Playing Iris West, who would be Barry Allen's love interest if it weren't for, you know, Dr. McGee getting in the way. Paula Marshall. Of course, known for Gary Unmarried, Cupid, Californication, and being married to Danny Nucci. Currently. You can spot her on 10 episodes of the Walker reboot. A.K.A.
2: the one reboot where nobody tells Walker he has
1: AIDS. (laughs) (sighs) We have some more names here, so I'm just going to go through them real quick. Playing Nicholas Pike is Michael Nader from Dynasty. Playing Jay Allen is Tim Thomerson.
0: We've talked about him. He was on the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour for a week.
1: Playing Joe Klein, Richard Belzer. Bunch. Playing Henry Allen, legendary actor, M. Emmett Walsh. Playing Krupp Cox. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. His resume runs the gamut of corrupt cops, deadly crooks, and comedic roles.
0: R.I.P. We lost him not that long
1: ago. And that's pretty much it. This is your basic superhero origin story. Episode 2, Out of Control. While Barry and his colleague Julio Mendez... Oh, Greg has his finger up. What's up?
2: You said out of control. Is Dave Coulier in this episode? <laughs> I wish he
0: was. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Dave Coulier.
1: Yeah. Cut that out. Oh, jeez. Hold on. I need to issue an instant correction. Tim Thomerson plays Jay Allen, but is not his father, it's his brother. And he gets killed. What? By Nicholas Pike
2: Oh that's terrible Poor Tim Thomerson Tim Thomerson we hardly knew ye We still love you In The Wrong Guys by the way We do Also with Richard Belzer Hey Mike do you know who also was in The Wrong Guys (laughs) I'm still trying to get over
0: the fact that He was on Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour But who else was there
2: Is
1: it up there Oh 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 jeez! Yeah, you can't do a good
2: Lily Anderson.
0: <laughs> Stop trying. You just stay in your own lane. You do Johnny Olson
2: just fine. What are you talking about? God's doesn't imitate me. And what's
0: the lever? Chico, just move on before this insanity
1: continues, please. Okay, I was trying to think of something to say as Burton Richardson, but I can't. Anyway, episode two, Out of Control. While Barry and his colleague Julio Mendez investigate the murders of several homeless people whose bodies are being stolen from the crime scenes, Tina reconnects with an old friend, Dr. Carl Tanner, who has recently returned to Central City to retrieve Tina's late husband's research on genetic engineering. Barry and Tina learn that Tanner is using the vagrants in his lethal, illegal experiments to create mutations, and upon being confronted, Tanner injects himself with the unfinished serum, turning a man-monster that only the Flash manages to defeat. Playing Dr. Carl Tanner, a guy by the name of Stan Ivar, who is actually John Carter in Little House, The Last Farewell, And Mark Johnson on four episodes, Greg, of Star Trek Voyager. Okay. It's like, we talk about TNG, we talk about the new school of Star Trek episodes, we don't talk about Voyager that much.
2: You know what I say whenever Star Trek Voyager comes up?
1: Right. And playing Tanner Transformed, a guy that we actually talked about on this podcast earlier... Sven O. Thorson from Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future under a whole lot of makeup. And that's another thing we have to talk about on this show. Because Batman raised the bar for superheroes in Hollywood. You could not get away with spandex in 1990. Oh no, you couldn't. You needed to make the suit that they made. And it couldn't just be, you know, red and yellow. Had to be muscular red with definition and with gold trims and whatnot. You couldn't get away with that Legends of the Superhero crap. No.
2: Nobody wants to see that crap in
1: 1990 after Batman 89. Batman 89 raised the bar. Fun fact about this episode a police officer calls for backup at the corner of Gartner and Fox, which was a reference to Gartner Fox, co-creator of the original Golden Age Flash. Episode 3, Watching the Detectives Barry's secret identity is uncovered by Megan Lockhart, a private investigator employed by corrupt district attorney Thomas Castillo, whose collaborator, mobster Arthur Simonson, has hired an arsonist, to torch buildings in the waterfront area as part of Castillo's efforts to bring legalized gambling into Central City on behalf of organized crime.
2: Just wait another 30 years for that to happen.
1: Castillo blackmails Barry into becoming a secret accomplice, enabling Barry to acquire evidence of Castillo's crimes, including his plans to control the mob bosses and seize control of their businesses. Upon learning of this, Simonson rigs a bomb in Castillo's car, and Castillo is subsequently assassinated when he turns the ignition. Lockhart, having grown attracted to Barry, surrenders the evidence to Barry she had compiled in order to protect his secret. Megan Lockhart in this episode, played by Joyce Heiser, whose credits include Just One of the Guys, This is Spinal Tap, and The Hollywood Knights. Playing Thomas Castillo is Vincent Gustafaro, known as Deputy Rick Cologne in Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. And then we have, as Arthur Simonson, the third spoke in this triangle of terror, Harris Laskawy, known as Randy in the world according to Garp, Doctor Salinger in 2004's *The Girl Next Door*, and Ellie in 1995's *Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead*. Sadly, no longer with us, died in 2010. We do have a name in this episode, playing Sadie Grosso. If we haven't talked about her before, we're going to talk about her soon. Helen Martin from 227. We've
0: talked about Helen Martin in the past.
1: She was Doris in an episode of Wiz Kids. That's one. And she was a housekeeper in an episode of Holmes and Yo Yo. That's two. And she was Laura in six episodes of That's My Mama. There you go.
0: So maybe starting to build a case?
1: Next episode, Honor Among Thieves. Master Thief Stan Kovask assembles a team of professional thieves who the police believe intend to steal the mask of Rasputin from the Museum of Natural History. While they are distracted guarding it, Kovask masterminds a string of robberies across Central City, which are all foiled by the Flash, and in the process, Barry learns that Kovask is using the other criminals as a diversion so his accomplice, Celia Wayne, can steal the relic from the museum's curator and Barry's mentor, Ted Preminger. The Flash catches up to Kovacs and Celia before they escape with the artifact and brings them to justice, ensuring that Preminger can finance the museum with the Mutant Mask exhibit. Playing Ted Preminger is Paul who who is best known as an actor known for the original Parenthood movie in 1989 and the feel-good film of 2001, K-Pax.
2: Oh, God, K-Pax. Hold on! There's a funny story about K-Pax, okay? Now, Bill Hader told a story. Now, you know Bill Hader before he became... Known for SNL, he worked as a production assistant, right? Yeah. So he worked as a production assistant on K-Pax, and so his job on k was like during like the, the street scenes, like if like somebody was coming in from like another set, he'd say "hold," and then when the scene was done, they'd like walk on by and stuff from like the other studios or whatever when there was like a street scene going on. Well. In one of the scenes in k pax he forgot to do that, and you can see two of the apes from the 2001 Planet of the Apes movie from Tim Burton on the street because Bill Hader forgot to say stop. He forgot to say hold.
0: Hey, one more credit for Paul Link that definitely deserves mentioning. He was Officer Grossman on Chips. 116 episodes. Got to show some love to Chips besides Eric Estrada and uh, Larry Wilcox. And And Robert Pine. I'm sorry. (laughs) Chris Pine's daddy. How dare I? I know Greg was ready to chime in there. I'm glad I got in there before he chided me. You show some respect for Robert Pine. I know. I'm sorry, Greg. I... I, I, I know he was like the third person that I brought up, but it was not meant in a disrespectful manner.
1: The greatest person of our time, Chris Pine. In the role of Stan Kovach, we have Ian Buchanan, known for 20 episodes of It's Gary Shandling's show. He plays either Ian McFire or Duke Lavery, depending on the episode. He was also in one episode of The Old School Quantum Leap. Season 5, Episode 15, Blood Moon, March 10th, 1975, as Victor Drake. The third spoke, Celia Wayne, played by Elizabeth Grayson, known best for Highlander and Highlander the Raven, but the biggest name in this episode, playing Daryl Hennings, one of the thieves, Clarence Clemens. And if you don't
0: know who he is, seriously.
2: The E Street Band. And if you've heard Bruce's recording of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, he's the Clarence he's talking about in the song.
1: Another tongue-in-cheek reference to the Golden Age Flash, Barry calls the police to the corner of 4th and Garrick. Jay Garrick is the civilian identity of the Golden Age Flash. Yeah, with the silly-ass helmet. Episode 5, Double vision. Barry attempts to foil the kidnapping of Paloma Aguilar, daughter of DEA agent Peter Paul Aguilar, who is scheduled to testify against drug lord Ruben Calderon. However, Calderon's enforcer, Marcos Trackman, utilizes a potentially fatal advanced microscopic device to control Barry's nervous system and force him to help them kidnap Paloma before Tina manages to jam the device's signal. Barry and Tina then race against time to prevent a brainwashed Paloma from murdering her father while under Trakman's control. And once he's defeated, he agrees to testify against Calderon, leading to Calderon's conviction. Trakman suffers a short circuit after a fight with The Flash. Episode 6, Sins of the Father Barry attempts to protect his father, veteran policeman Henry Allen, from Johnny Ray Hicks, a dangerous criminal that Henry arrested 15 years prior and who has escaped from prison to enact his revenge. Henry is initially dismissive of Barry's attempts to use forensic science, which Henry rejects, to locate Hicks, but they prove vital when Hicks murders Henry's old partner Pete D'Anello and hires a hitman who nearly kills Henry. Henry. The Flash rescues him and brings Hicks to justice while Barry and Henry finally make amends. Emmett Walsh returns as Father Henry Allen, playing his wife, Nora Allen, Priscilla Pointer, best known as the mother of Amy Irving and the husband of Jules Irving, she was Dr. Elizabeth Sims in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and she was Miss Cox in the Kick the Can segment of The Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah, the Spielberg-directed segment of Twilight Zone, the movie.
2: Yes, Greg, because Spielberg was married to Amy Irving at the time.
1: Playing the big bad, Johnny Ray Hex, Paul Koslow, He was in Vanishing Point and Omega Man from 1971. And Cleopatra Jones in 1973, sadly, no longer with us. Episode 7, Child's Play. Barry shelters street orphans Terry and Corey Cohen, who have stolen the knapsack of a recently murdered journalist, Philip Sullivan, containing Sullivan's research on a highly addictive synthetic drug known as Blue Paradise on a floppy disk. Because, you know, the war on drugs was still a thing in 1990. Developed by notorious drug designer Beauregard Lesko. Terry is nearly turned into an addict while meeting Lesko to exchange the disc for one million dollars. And Barry subsequently defeats Lesko and dismantles his operation before Blue Paradise can be unleashed in Central City while Terry and Corey are adopted by Sullivan's widow, Joan. Playing Terry Cohen, we made a reference to him before, Jonathan Brandis bastion from the never ending story, too,
2: yeah, but let's be honest, we all remember him from Sea quest, but also, let's not forget Ladybugs
1: very sadly, yeah. no longer with us,
2: yeah, but you know what, ladybugs, let's be honest, what a great movie that is, I guarantee you though. Ron DeSantis, he does not like ladybugs. <laughs> Jeez,
1: he went there, folks. A couple of big names on this: playing Osako, who I'm guessing is an enforcer on this episode. Mark Cascos. the chairman on Iron Chef America. Woe Fat on Hawaii Five O, spelled. Five, zero. And then we have a hippie guy played by A hippie guy played by... Oh, God! This is hilarious! Adam
2: West! <laughs> For all we know, he could be playing tie. Look well.
0: And if you didn't hear the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast where they've been doing the reading from the Hans and Franz movie the last month or so. They actually reference Lookwell in the last episode because I believe uh, his agent, uh, talking about Conan O'Brien, was the same person who handled Lookwell. And basically, uh, the agent was shocked that Lookwell didn't sell... And that the Hans and Franz movie got passed over, even though if you've been listening to this Hans and Franz movie, it's a little outrageous. It would actually maybe work nowadays in like, I know Flash is dead, but as an animation of sorts. But there is actually a Lookwell reference in uh, the last episode of the the Hans and Franz movie script reading.
2: But Mike, let's just remember, Arnold... He was born to play Lou Gehrig in the Pride of the Yankees remake.
0: Seriously, if you have not listened to this, uh, I'm Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, start at the beginning. It's four episodes. It'll take maybe two, two and a half hours to listen to the entire thing. It is so absurd and so funny. I wish this was made, but I can understand why it was not made. Both just common sense-wise why it was not made, but also logistically why it was not made.
1: Episodes 8, Shroud of Death. Lieutenant Warren Garfield stonewalls Barry and Julio's efforts to locate a cloaked figure who is targeting individuals connected to the arrest and conviction of notorious anarchist Jefferson Zacharias, who was executed after having been given the death penalty. Barry realizes Garfield was the arresting officer, just as Garfield's fiancé, Mavis, is critically injured by the killer, revealed to be Zacharias' daughter, Angel, who then lures Garfield into a trap. The Flash intervenes, saves Garfield's fiancé, and then prevents Garfield from killing her in revenge. Garfield then marries Mavis. By the way, Garfield is a recurring character on this show. He's played by Mike Genovese. Just so you know, Mike Genovese, best known for point break, deep, risky business, and being in 17 episodes of this show.
0: And apologies on the last name. It's probably Genovese, not Genovese.
1: Bavis in this episode played by Lenore Kazdorf, who was. Casper Van Dien's mama in Starship Troopers. An ISN reporter in three episodes of Babylon 5. And Lauren in one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Attached from Season 7.
0: One more name to add, playing Jack Callahan in this episode, is Walter Olkovich. I mentioned him for a couple of reasons. One for Greg. He played Jean-Michel Renault on Twin Peaks, the Showtime uh, revival from six years ago. But he's like that guy from that thing. We've talked about it in the past, actually, because he was on an episode of I Had Three Wives. And he was on an episode of The Duck Factory.
1: We have one more name in this episode, playing Mrs. Foster, the uh, wife of the judge, Malcolm Foster, Marguerite Ray. We talked about her when we talked about Sanford in our Into the Sanfordverse episodes. Episode 9, Ghost in the Machine. In 1955, Central City's guardian was Desmond Powell, who fought crime as the Nightshade. His last nemesis, a criminal mastermind known as The Ghost, is believed to have died after a confrontation, causing a guilt-stricken Powell to retire. However, The Ghost has in fact preserved himself in cryogenic suspended animation. This is where it gets nutty, friends. Resurfacing in 1990, where he hijacks Central City's power grids and holds the city for ransom, forcing Powell to return to action and join forces with The Flash. Together, they defeat the ghost, who had wired himself into the city's electrical network, and saved the city. Oh, Dr. Desmond Powell, played by Jason Bernard, who was the boss of Herman on Herman's Head, and he was also the uh, blind jazz musician in All of Me, if I'm not mistaken. But aside from those two roles, he too was a that guy from That Thing. Playing the role of the ghost, Anthony Stark. I remember him from Return of the Killer Tomatoes as Chad Finletter. Of course, that would be adapted into the uh, cartoon version of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. The less said about that, the better. But if I'm not mistaken, he was also in the George Carlin show, among other things. He's still working to this day. Uh, Last thing we saw him in was an episode of Nine One One Lone Star, which is still going to be on Fox while Nine One One moves to ABC.
2: I'm guessing that's because Disney now owns the Nine One One franchise.
1: I believe you are correct, sir. But we have to talk about this name here. Playing Bell Crocker. Lois Nettleton. Legendary actress. Sadly, no longer with us.
2: Yeah, she was on Pyramid a lot.
1: Episode 10, Sight Unseen. Brian Gideon, a disturbed chemical engineer, learns that Star Labs is producing nerve toxins based on his research for the United States government and uses a stealth device to infiltrate Star Labs and retrieve the toxins. His plan traps Tina and her employer, Ruth Wernicke, in the lab, where they're exposed to a deadly neurotoxin. While attempting to locate both Gideon and a cure, Barry clashes with federal agent Jack Quinn, who is trying to cover up his own involvement in the emergency. Barry confronts Gideon, who injects him with the toxin in order to escape, but Barry is able to burn it out of his body and use his blood to inoculate Tina and Ruth. Gideon is then arrested while Ruth cuts ties with Quinn, who is suspended when the activities he illegally sanctioned for Gideon are exposed. Christopher Neem plays Brian Gideon. Deborah May plays Ruth Wernicke. Episode 11, Beat the Clock.
2: Was this
0: better than the last episode in 1980?
1: I can safely say that more people watched it.
0: Burn.
1: Barry and Julio are tipped off that Wayne Cottrell, a famous jazz saxophonist on death row for the murder of his wife, lounge singer Linda Lake, is innocent. And they have less than an hour to find evidence to acquit him. They ultimately learn that Linda was kidnapped by Wayne's brother, Elliot Cottrell, who wanted to ruin his brother's life out of jealousy, and that his enforcer, an ex-warlord and singer named Whisper, murdered another woman, who was then put in Linda's place in a fixed car accident designed to lead back to Wayne. After incapacitating Whisper, Barry carries Linda to the execution chamber, They arrive in the nick of time to save Wayne before the execution is carried out. Wayne is reunited with Linda, while Elliot is arrested. Wayne Cottrell, played by J. Arlen Jones, known for The Patriots in 2000, and less known for being one of the movers in Twins, but playing Linda Lake, Angela Bassett, Talk about Katherine Jackson and the Jacksons and American Dream. Talking about the late great Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it. Talking about 911, where she is still there right now. So yeah, she has done it all. Couple more known names, playing Elliot Cottrell, Thomas Michael Ford from Martin and New York Undercover. And playing Whisper, Ken Foray. You know him best as Keenan's dad on Keenan and Kel. Oh
2: yes, that's terrific. Keenan's dad on Keenan and Kel. By the way, Good Burger
1: 2. Filming right now. Episode 12. The Trickster. James Jesse, a serial killer with multiple personalities, becomes obsessed with Megan Lockhart, who had been investigating his activities and attempts to kidnap her but she is rescued by the Flash. Believing them to be romantically involved, Jesse adopts the identity of the Trickster and begins tormenting the Flash and terrorizing the city. The Flash ultimately lures Jesse into a fight at the police's costume ball, where he's finally caught and arrested. And despite Barry and Megan becoming previously involved, she decides to leave Central City and ends their relationship. The Trickster... In this version of the DC multiverse. It's played by the legendary Mark Hamill. Gloria Rubin from ER plays the role of Sabrina, which is a recurring role on this series. Playing Jim Klein, friend of the show, Timothy Stack.
2: Yes. Wait a minute. Let's not say friend of the show. He is show Hall of Famer Timothy Stack, who gave us a mention on Twitter once.
1: I don't think we're not grateful for that.
2: Oh, we're grateful for that and Son of the Peach and the outburst CD-ROM game from
1: 1998. And Nightstands. Hello, Nightstands. Of course, nightstand,
2: But mainly Son of the Peach. The
1: last episode of the... Front End Order, episode 13. Tina, is that you? Barry becomes plagued with nightmares and cannot sleep normally due to his double life as The Flash. In an attempt to help Barry sleep again, a biofeedback experiment gone awry causes Tina to develop a malevolent personality. And after the accidental death of the leader of an all-female gang called the Black Rose, she seizes control of the gang. When Barry foils their latest robbery, Tina decides to lure Barry into a trap and kill him and a blind date he was with. But Barry manages to escape, prevent Tina from leaving town with the gang and leaving the Black Rose and a tattoo parlor owner known as Big Ed who is hiding them for the police. Barry takes Tina back to Star Labs and using the biofeedback device to restore her to normal. We have... Again, returning as Joe Klein, Richard Bowser, Munch, and playing the role of Big Ed, <laughs> John Santucci, known for his role as Polly Taglia in Future Entry Crime Story, and playing three different roles in three different episodes of Miami Vice. But he was also in the All the Kingsmen segment in something called Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. The hell? I think it's a made-for-TV special that includes rock and roll and rap and Mother Goose. Oh, that's terrific. Mother Goose rapping. That's what we want to hear. Mother
2: Goose being hip to the times and rapping. (laughs) Let me just say this. Mother Goose would be a better rapper than
1: the dragon on Tic-Tac-Doh. After that,
2: I
0: really think we need to take a break.
1: Yeah, because we've gotten through the front end, and ratings were good enough to order the back end, and we'll talk about the back end right after these era-appropriate commercials. After these
2: messages, we'll be
1: right back.
2: A criminal
0: prosecutor must lose a case Ladies taking a die to save her kidnapped child He
2: says he's gonna kill my baby
0: Jake and the Fat Man, Wednesday
2: Someone should talk to you about how much time you spend on the phone and who you talk to and when and where A Sprint representative can easily help you select a savings plan for your personal calling needs and Sprint has better overall savings than AT&T So there's a plan that's perfect for you unless of course you're a teenager i can't
1: believe it no one's invented the perfect plan for that
0: she turned a highbrow detective into a butler i live to serve but to solve a deadly mystery it's hard to get good help over my dead body then bobby and april's honeymoon in paris becomes a terrorist nightmare
1: one wrong move and she's dead
0: susan lucci in the season premiere of dallas friday can a pretty girl come between two brothers can i help but if i'm a total babe or can they stop in the name of love on the family man then on the hogan family will sandy buy into the boy's new motorcycle sandy do you mind these are our wonder year. or will it cause a big break in the hogan family it's all saturday <laughs> American Express card is a tradition of world service. Freedom to spend with no preset limits. Automatic protection for everything you buy. Access to cash when you're far from home. American Express is always there to provide our best personal service to every card member, around the corner or around the world. Membership has its privileges. Clark ignites the Giants against Ryan Sandberg and the Cubs, or see hot-hitting Lenny Dykstra lead the Phillies against the first-place Reds Saturday.
1: Welcome back. As we discussed before the break, ratings for The Flash, the first 13 episodes at least, were good enough that CBS did a back-end order for the rest of the season. Despite You know, trailing out after CBS's coverage of baseball's postseason. You dodge Bill, you dodge Bart. Good things happen, apparently. So let's go to the back order here. Episode 14, Be My Baby. Barry crosses paths with Stacey Dubek, the daughter of Nobel Prize-winning academics, and her young daughter Lily, who are fleeing Lily's father, mobster Philip Moses, who wants the child as his heir. After the Flash prevents Moses from kidnapping Lily, Garfield attempts to use her in a sting operation to lure Moses into a trap. But Moses is tipped off by a man in the police force and manages to escape with Lily. The Flash chases him to an abandoned airfield and prevents him from leaving Central City, and Moses is arrested while Stacy and Lily are reunited and decide to stay in Central City. Playing Philip Moses, Brian Cranston, who is known for playing the dad Hal on Malcolm in the Middle, playing the voice of Snizzard on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and literally nothing else. That's not true, because he played
2: Jerry's Dentist on Seinfeld. Of course, I forgot about that. Who converted to
1: Judaism just for the jokes. I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah, something about the drug dealer on AMC. I forgot what the name of the show was.
2: (laughs) Oh! And he's going to be on this season of It's Always Sunny. Nice.
1: Episode 15. Fast forward. Nicholas Pike is released from prison on a technicality... Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. ...and attempts to use a missile to kill the Flash, instead transporting him ten years into the future to the year 2001, where Barry's secret identity has been exposed and Pike has conquered the now dystopian city. Aided by his old friends, Barry regains his speed and manages to return to the past, capturing Pike once again and saving the city. Yeah, we explore one of the Flash's little-known superpowers. Apparently, tapping into the Speed Force gives you the ability to travel in time. You can go back and watch the 2014 series where Barry... Travels in time numerous times and meets his past self numerous times. I think there's actually a supercut on YouTube where Barry meets his past self. I know there's a clip from The Flash where he meets Ezra Miller. Michael Nader returns as Big Bat Nicholas Pike in this episode. We also have the return of Richard Belzer, Gloria Rubin, and that's it really. Because Robert O'Reilly as Victor Kelso wasn't in any of previous episodes. But of course, Robert O'Reilly, known primarily as Gowron, in Star Trek The Next Generation. Greg knows who I'm talking about. Yep. Episode 16. Deadly Nightshade Philanthropist Curtis Bohannon, son of Derek Bohannon, a mobster fought by the Nightshade in the 1950s, becomes a copycat vigilante known as the Deadly Nightshade. Really original. He employs lethal force in his crusade against crime. Garfield has sent evidence that Powell, an old friend of his, is the Nightshade and arrests him only for Powell to be kidnapped by Bohannon, who wants Powell to join him. Barry locates them, and Powell saves Barry from Bohannon, who is armed with an accelerated exoskeleton suit. Going big, folks. Powell then decides to reveal his secret identity to the world. Curtis Bohannon as the deadly nightshade, played by Richard Berge from 24, among other things. Playing the role of Rebecca Frost, Denise Crosby.
2: That's right. Tasha Yor in the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Unlike Pulaski, she did not die in an elevator shaft. She died getting, like, killed by goo or something, right? Killed by animate, sentient goo. At least Pulaski's death on L.A. Law was hilarious. Roll the clip! I really don't want to talk about it. Ah! Oh! oh my God! <laughs> I could live to be a hundred years old, and that will never stop
1: being funny. Staying in the Star Trek universe, playing the role of Felicia Kane. Jerry Ryan, a.k.a. Commander Annika Hansen of the rechristened USS Enterprise-G. She lives through season three of Star Trek Picard and gets command of... Actually, no, she's the captain. Commander. She's the captain. Matthew Hensker is the commander. Yeah, but she's technically in command of the ship. Yes, By the way, the Titan, which was used as the uh, main ship of the season, is rechristened as the Enterprise-G, and Jack Crusher joins the crew. Here's the big spoiler, setting up for future entries into the Star Trek universe. Jack Crusher meets Q for the first time. That's terrific. That is also terrific. Hey, did I ever mention that I went to uh, college with Q's kid? You mentioned all the damn time. Oh, did you know I went to college with John Delancey's son?
2: Yeah, we all know this.
1: That's not quite as legendary as your love for Wings, by the way. Just saying. No, because as we established, what is it
2: now? 91 episodes ago, for the first time ever, I
1: loved Wings. Okay, so by this time, CBS was pretty much doing respectably well with The Flash, and they wanted it to lead off a Saturday night lineup. Get it totally away from that Thursday night traffic jam. Because, you know, as good as The Flash is, it cannot beat a different world, especially in 1990 when the show was really finding itself. So they move it to Saturday. And this was one of the first, if not the first, episode to air on Saturday. Captain Cold. Bobster Jimmy Swain employs hitman Leonard Winters, also known as Captain Cold, for his weapon of choice, a nuclear-powered freeze ray, to eliminate his competitors and then The Flash. Barry's investigation is hampered by Terry Cronenberg, a tabloid reporter for the National Inquisitor. After killing Swain for firing him after his failure to kill the Flash in the first attempt, Winters nearly kills Barry after Cronenberg gets in the middle of them during a confrontation. Winters is caught by the Flash after he attempts to kill her in her apartment. Winters later escapes prison and lures the Flash into a trap, hell-bent on completing his contract out of honor... But Barry outsmarts him due to a device that preserves his body heat and diverts Winters' beam against him, encasing Winters in ice. Michael Champion plays the role of Winters, a.k.a. Captain Cold. Michael Champion, best known for Total Recall as Helm, Beverly Hills Cop as Casey, and as a Prehistoric Man in seminal Comedy Classic, History of the World, Part 1. Not to be
2: confused with the Hulu version, History of the World, Part 2.
1: Also in this episode, as Johnny Choi, Francois Chow, who played the Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze.
2: Babies! The babies!
1: Still acting as a, that guy from that thing. Greg, I know where you're going. What is it? He played Bong on three episodes of the final season of Barry. Oh uh, yes. I'm guessing he was part of Fuchs's gang. Yeah. He was Bong.
2: Oh, Mike, in the last, like, three episodes of Barry, Steven Root, he gets thug-lifed the F. (laughs) He's got
1: tattoos all over his body. It's, like, incredible. I have no comments. And he is going to be the upcoming Avatar The Last Airbender reboot film. Or TV show. Okay. That's cool. Episode 18, Twin Streaks. (laughs) I get it. Twin Streaks, because Twin Pigs is on the air at this time. It's a pun and an evil twin episode all in once. Barry is cloned by Dr. Jason Brassel, who names the clone Pollux who Brassel designs a blue variant suit for. Upon learning that he is a clone and not a real person, Pollux goes on a rampage and comes into conflict with the Flash, who is currently suffering symptoms of stress and fatigue. Hi, how you doing? Brassel attempts to kill Barry after Pollux throws a bullet into him, but Pollux takes the bullet and dies in Barry's arms, while Brassel succumbs from the injuries Pollux had earlier inflicted on him obviously John Wesley Shipp in a double role as The Flash and Pollux in this episode playing Jason Brassel is Lenny Von Dolan who is known best as Burton Jernigan in 1997's Home Alone 3 the only good thing from that movie was Scarlett Johansson
2: that's it
1: But he's been in episodes of the Orville, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, and was the voice of a local pedestrian population in Red Dead Redemption 2. Sadly, no longer with us, died last year. Episode 19, Done With Mirrors. Sam Scudder, a criminal mastermind who uses mirrors and holograms to commit his crimes, steals an advanced battery from Labs, Silicon Valley division, which is then stolen from him by his partner, Anastasia Masters, who flees to Central City and seduces her former classmate, Barry, into sheltering her at his apartment. Scudder kidnaps both Barry and Tina's mother, Jocelyn Weller, whom he mistakes for Stasha's buyer, to force Stasha to deliver the battery. And when I say both Barry and Tina's mother, I mean Barry and a woman who happens to be Tina's mother. Can you imagine? He rescues Tina, who has been lured to the station where Sasha was trying to sell the battery, pummels Scudder and arrests Sasha, returning the battery to Star Labs. Sam Scudder, also known as the Mirror Master, played by... David Cassidy.
2: Oh, wow. David Cassidy. Was he a man undercover?
1: Not in this particular case, no. Oh, that's a shame. And playing his partner, Tasha Masters, Sydney Coleman, known as Suzanne Madeski on two episodes of The X-Files, and Hope Adams, slash Hope Wilson, slash Hope Newman, on 113 episodes of your mother's stories, namely, The Young and the Restless. Episode 20. Good night, Central City. Petty crook Harry Milgram and his cousin, scientist Roger Braintree, plan to use a sound wave device developed by Braintree, which places people in an induced slumber to rob Central City. Milgram fakes his death during a test run, then pins the blame for a robbery on Barry, who races against time to both prove his innocence and prevent Milgram, Braintree, and a group of professional gangsters from conducting a citywide robbery after discovering the induced sleep is fatal if the sleepers sleep too long. In the end, Barry triumphs with Milgram, who had killed Braintree, arrested, clearing his name, and humiliating an overeager internal affairs agent. Play Roger Braintree, Bill Booby, the original Will Robinson, and later on Babylon Five. And playing his partner Harry Milgrim, Matt Landers. More of a stage actor, he was the replacement of Sunny at Greece in the Royale Theater, and he was nominated for a Drama Desk Award. Sadly, no longer with us. Episode 21, Alpha. Barry and Tina befriend Alpha, an android assassin developed by the NSIA, a United States government division who refuses to kill, and protects her from another android assassin, Omega, sent to retrieve her. The Flash ultimately destroys Omega and helps Alpha evade the NSIA and escape Central City before a bomb inside of her goes off. Later, she leaves to start her life anew. Playing Alpha, Claire Stansfield. Known for such early 90s fare as Drop Zone and The Doors, she was also Sid in two episodes of Twin Peaks. And she played Tara James in previous entry, Two of a Kind. And finally, Trial of the Trickster. James Jesse is brought to trial for his previous rampage in Central City. Jesse later escapes from the courtroom with help from an obsessive fan, Zoe Clark, and becomes the Trickster once again, with Clark as his assistant, Prank. They brainwash the Flash into joining them and wreaking havoc, damaging the Flash's public image, but Jesse ultimately betrays Clark and leaves her to the police. Tina and Megan join forces to manage to break Brary free in time to prevent Jesse from executing the lawyers and the judge involved in his trial. Jesse is then captured and put in a padded cell while the Flash is embraced as a hero by the people of Central City. Barry turns down an offer to move to San Francisco with Megan because he is not ready to say goodbye to Central City. It's the season finale the way only a season finale could be written. It sums up everything. It leaves the door open for new adventures and gives a sense of closure. Of course, Mark Campbell returns as the trickster and joining him as Prank slash Zoe Clark Corinne Borer, who we talked about in previous entry, Free Spirit. That's right. But let's not forget, she was in the greatest
2: Police Academy movie of them all. Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol.
1: There you have it. That's the series. And I gotta say, it wasn't a bad show for what it was. So, what happened?
2: Well, we mentioned it went up against The Simpsons and the
1: Mr. Black show. And then they moved it to Saturdays in hopes of propping up their lagging Saturday night lineup. Unfortunately, it was up against The Young Writers on ABC and Amen and Down Home on NBC. Oh, no. No. Not winning that. So chalk it up to CBS making a really, really Really bad move there. But this would not be the end of Barry Allen as the Flash, because he would return in the Arrowverse as the Flash from Earth-90, because this show was...
2: Yeah, we get it. It was taped in 1990.
1: Also returning for the 2014 Flash would be... Dr. McGee and Amanda Pays and Mark Hamill's Trickster. So, yeah, this version of The Flash had a legacy. Yeah, and if you want to watch all of the episodes of The Flash, they did release the complete series on DVD a while back, it's still up for sale on Amazon. Or if you can't be bothered with the cumbersomeness of physical media, You can buy it on Prime Video to stream at your leisure. But did you know they actually released the pilot as a movie, and then they edited four episodes into two sequels? Yes, I did. I remember these at the video store back in the day. They released all three on VHS, uh, The Flash, The Flash 2, Revenge of the Trickster, and The Flash 3, Deadly Nightshade only the two-hour pilot film would get a Laserdisc release.
2: Oh, that's a shame. I really wanted to see Mark Hamill's trickster on Laserdisc.
1: Yeah, this version of The Flash had a bit of a legacy and actually a bit of closure, especially in the Arrowverse, where, and this is from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, he reappeared in Crisis on Infinite Earths, having been captured by the Anti-Monitor, that's not the Monitor, but the Anti-Monitor, and forced to power his anti Cannon to destroy the multiverse. Despite being freed by Earth-1 Flash and his allies, he ultimately sacrifices himself to destroy the machine, seeing his life with Tina, whom he had married at some point, literally flash before his eyes in the form of a clip from the original series pilot episode. After that filming, Ship told The Flash showrunner Eric Wallace, Thank you for giving me this opportunity to close a chapter. Well, that's nice. That's very nice. So, not only did Ship play his version of The Flash in two different series, he also played the Earth 3 version. Of Jay Garrick. The Flash. The original Flash. The one with the helmet. Yeah. The one with the silly-ass helmet. Again, it's a role that, obviously, he is proud of and remembers fondly. And we remember this version of the show fondly as we do the uh, eight seasons of the current version of The Flash. I bet you didn't know that this version of The Flash spawned a comics franchise and a video game. A video game? Yep. It was released on Game Boy in 1991 and the Master System in 1993. Oh, Jesus. So that means that this would
2: have only been released in, like, Brazil cuz that was like the only country that loved the master system. They were making master systems in Brazil till like the
1: 2000s or 2010s. Yeah, this was actually released in Europe. Oh. Due to its scarcity, commands a very hefty hefty price on the secondary market. So there you have it. The Flash had a legacy that Thirty years later, we remember fondly, but back in nineteen ninety, it couldn't find a place on the schedule that was worthy of its greatness and it became a very fast moving thing on TV.
0: Before we end the episode, we gotta do a Joey Gallo update.
1: But a Joey Gallo
2: he can't hit over two hundred but he could sure smack a ball over the fence. It's the Joey Gallo update.
0: And it's not going to be a big update because Joey Gallo is on the 10-day injured list.
1: Oh, no. That was Aaron Judge, by the way. Kiss.
0: He hasn't played since June 1st, so nothing for the last week. Your update this week, however, last week I showed you guys his first baseball card in a twins uniform that was in tops heritage in series two of tops. We have the second card. Oh, and this was actually posted on social media because we are the only true source for Joey Gallo information on uh, Twitter. Apparently uh, this one's nice. Uh, it's Joey Gallo. Uh, apparently after an at bat or after swinging the bat, and it's just a beautiful card between uh the action photo and then you have the not really him looking at the camera but the the image of his face uh very reminiscent of the 2003 series 1983 series 1963 series so there's your second Joey Gallo card this is uh this is going to be easy to find if you find top series 2 boxes out there uh at stores or if you go to hobby shops this should be a pretty easy card to pull and, uh, I mean, it has, not like, no value, but we got t- uh, a second Joey Gallo Twins card.
2: It has no value, but it has value to us.
0: It has value to us, and that's really all that
2: matters. Yes. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Well, you can always go to our website, It Was a Thing on TV, where you can listen to the 390 episodes that preceded this one. We got all sorts of fun stuff for you. Live shows director's cuts, mini-sodes. We have that extended episode of the XFL episode we did that adds on to the XFL with the 2020 version of the XFL. And also we are on all the socials at it was a thing on TV, except for Facebook. We're at it was a thing on TV podcast. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, and subscribe and ring that notification bell to stay up to date on all future injuries. So, Okay, guys, summer's coming up, so I'm just going to let you know in advance. We're going to take a light load for the summer. We're going to do a relaxing load. We're going to give you one show a week for the next couple weeks, because we're all going to be busy with some stuff during the summer. But I assure you, the episodes we got planned the next couple weeks, they're all going to be good episodes. Starting with the one episode we got for you next week. And boy, we did Poison Ivy last year. And let me tell you, this is the follow-up to that for us. The
1: spiritual follow-up.
2: The spiritual follow-up. And let me just say, the cast in this, an all-star cast for 1990-1991.
1: We are returning to camp next time. Right here on it was a thing on TV for Greg, for Mike. I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Raoul,
0: you need to get to each of us. I mean, this speed
2: force is infinite. I, I could never know where to begin to look.
0: Remember, Barry, memories and connections. You need to consider our greatest victories, our most crushing defeats, the moments. When the bonds between us were forged. When the bonds were forged.
2: Now do this, Barry. Because you have to.
1: What the- um hello?
0: hello? <laughs> <laughs> what, the what the hell, hell is, is this? this? the same question
2: literally no
0: this this can't be happening this you sh- what are you doing here well I'll tell you
1: that when you tell me where here is is this cosplay oh do you want a selfie bro no, no, I'm, not, sorry. I'm sorry I don't we're
0: not no I'm
2: also the flash You're also the what the flash the flash? Gosh. It's complicated. I like your outfit.
1: It seems... Sick and Comfy. Yours is pretty cool. Smooth. Seems safe. It's and
0: breathable. Found Barry I'm... Allen.
2: No! no. What? what? does that mean? How can...
0: This should be impossible now.
1: It should be impossible now?
2: You don't know about
1: the... Oh my god, don't do this to me. I don't know about the what.
0: you okay. I told oh, Victor this was possible. possible.